Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is proudly sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden makes the best acrylic paints, mediums, and gesso in the business. They also make core watercolors and Williamsburg oil paints. Based in New Berlin in upstate New York, they're an employee-owned company dedicated to making the best supplies for you to make your best work. Check out their products in just about any art store or at goldenpaints.com. Claudia Batran is an artist who works primarily in painting and video. She was born in Boston, spent most of her life in Santiago, Chile, and currently lives in Brooklyn. She holds an MFA in painting from the Rhode Island School of Design and a BFA from the Catholic University of Chile. She's exhibited individually at Muhlenberg College, Practice Gallery in Philadelphia, the Brooklyn Bridge Park in New York, the Roswell Museum and Art Center in New Mexico, and at Museo de Arte Visual in Santiago, Chile. She has participated in group exhibitions and screenings at Smack Mellon Gallery in New York, Cindy Rucker Gallery in New York, Echo Park Film Center in Los Angeles, the Experimental Video Art Film Festival at the Tribeca Film Center, Galleria Nemeso Artuez in Chile, Leroy Neiman Gallery at Columbia University, Anytime Department in Ohio, and many more. She's held residencies at the Skowhegan School of Painting and Sculpture in Maine, the Bemis Center for Contemporary Arts in Nebraska, the Roswell Artist-in-Residence Program in New Mexico, Smack Mellon Studio Program in New York, and at Outpost Projects in New York. Her grants and awards include the New York Trust Van Leer Fellowship, the Hammersley Grant, and the Jerome Foundation Grant for Emerging Filmmakers. Claudia currently teaches in the painting departments at Pratt Institute and Rhode Island School of Design and is an instructor at the New York City Crit Club. Claudia stopped by for a talk about her time growing up in Boston and Chile, being on a reality show, making paintings and video over a long amount of time, pop music, and much more. Here's our conversation. Guess what? No more headphone jack. (laughs) You're going to have to magically... Do you see how how stupid it looks with the little adapter? right. (laughs) can't do it yeah and like so anyone who ever wanted to fight bluetooth you can't no you no just, you can't no they must have paid a lot of money for mm-hmm. apple to like get rid of that headphone jack yeah like, and right. i got these very heavy bluetooth headphones that i just can't use anyway but they do do you have the noise canceling ones um no i don't i love those mm. um bluetooth yeah oh yeah i don't not not yet <laughs> the Bose ones, I'm not Ooh. not sponsored by Bose, but <laughs> the Bose ones are really nice because sometimes you just want to turn off the world. Um, Do you know yes, what I mean? that is true. Yeah, um, but I, I bike, so I can't oh, really can't disconnect from yeah, the yeah. completely. But yes, do I do. I'm, I mean, I'm wearing headphones all day. You bike. I bike. Be careful. I am. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been some accidents recently, so I haven't touched yeah. the bike since. And also, this. Uh, garbage truck passed right next to me at nighttime and I felt it like it scraped you scrape my 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 arm and my leg so I felt it warm and I felt like my hypothalamus was like you almost oh died God. you just Adrenaline. almost died yeah 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 I think biking in the city is just 
And the worst is like you're, the responsibleness of you to be like, I'm not going to wear noise canceling while I'm biking. Mm-hmm. I see people with noise canceling headphones on city bikes oh, who yeah, look like they've yeah. ne- no helmet and they look <laughs> yeah. like they've never rode a bike in their life. Yeah, they look like pandas, like <laughs> <laughs> like baby pandas, super like looking up to the sky <laughs> biking. Right. Yeah, yeah. And now they have like uh, the same thing with uh, mopeds or whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like sure, you. That's like, a good how idea. How do you moped and? Bushwick, like, and you don't have to know. Like, you you can get on one of those without ever riding one. Yep, is that a good idea? <laughs> it's it's not a good idea. Yeah, please don't no, bike. I'm afraid of dying. Yeah, I haven't biked in like four months, but yeah, I'll get some noise canceling headphones. <laughs> I'll let you know. Um. So, but you're a big music fan. I take it. Big music fan. Do you yes. know what I'm basing that on in my research? Um, tell me what you what well, you take saw. a guess of what why mm. you might think. Um, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> and Brittany I came to I came to that mm-hmm. later in the resume of like the work that you've done. Oh, but it was interesting. I don't think I got a full grasp on it. But I don't know if you want to open with that. Well, where did you, yeah, I you grew up in Boston? I oh, no, no, you grew up, you, born, you were born in Boston. Born in Boston from Chilean parents, and then we moved to Chile when I was nine. What part? Um, to Santiago, Santiago, the capital. Yeah. yeah. And um, I hated it. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really hated it. Um, but well, then what, I, I got... What was it? Why did you hate it? Well, because, well, moving from the States to the 90s Chile uh, was yeah. like, yogurts were ugly, I don't know, like, right. everything was like going back in time or something. Yeah. Um, what, also, about the, what about the weather? Oh, the weather was awesome. Yeah. I, I, I just had to adapt to the language and everything, so it was hard. It was difficult, but whatever. Just like any child adapting, and in, in the end, it's better to know more languages. And yeah. when you're young, you can absorb them faster. But I grew up in Chile, and then did um, went to French school there. That was awesome. And then I went to um, undergrad there in art and, mm-hmm. pa- and did painting. And then I came to grad school here. Right. But between undergrad and grad school, I had three years off, and I was kind of getting bored of painting and painting and painting, so I decided to stop and like experiment and take some time off. And during that time off, I saw this ad on TV um, about celebrity impersonators, uh-huh. um, and it said, like, if you know how to impersonate your favorite celebrity, just call us and come to the auditions. Right. So um, I knew I I knew all of Britney's choreographies by heart, and I asked my studio friends, yeah, my studio mates, like, do you think this is a bad idea? And <laughs> <laughs> of course, they said no. Everybody said, great "Go, idea. this you're meant to do this forever." So um, I just I just went to the auditions. Yeah. Um, Where was this? This was in Santiago in Chile in. Um, like in the center of Santiago, all of the TV stations are there. Yeah. So I went one morning. <laughs> I called my friend Giancarlo in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like my gay diva coach. <laughs> uh-huh. So I called him and I said, uh, Giancarlo, um, tomorrow morning I'm going to um, dress as Britney Spears and I'm going to pick you up at 6 a.m. and you're <laughs> going to go with me to the, to the TV station while I do this audition. I need some moral support. Was this the first he heard of this? Yeah. And there's no the advance warning. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm going to pick you up as Brittany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, he Giancarlo, he said, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Just pick me up. So I picked him up. He was always, <laughs> I picked him up and I picked Horacio up, who's my friend. I told Horacio is my theater friend. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I asked her, I asked you to hold a, a Super 8, yeah. a high 8 camera Documented. the whole time. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry, it was a mini DV. Mm. So he was documenting with a mini DV while Giancarlo was diva coaching me in the front of the car and I was driving as Britney Spears. <laughs> and so <laughs> in the car next door was, uh, I mean, I, we looked at a car and they were like, what are right. these guys doing? Like, right. So anyway, we got to the to the TV station and I auditioned. Oh, when we got to the TV station, there were 3,000 people. All different celebrities. All dressed as different celebrities. It was the best. Um, That's amazing. There were 30 Britney Spears. I was going to say, if it were all Britney's, it would have been a little creepy. That would have been amazing. It would. That would have been the best. Really? 3,000 Britney's? Wouldn't you have felt a competition? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I really didn't care about myself in that moment. I was just looking at... A fan. There were 200 Michael Jacksons, many Justin Bieber's. Alejandro Fernandez's, Miriam Hernandez's, you know, like yeah. from all, all all kinds and all shapes and all colors. Right. Um, there's, I imagine there's like the top tier of the ones who really look like them and yes. probably are talented. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of people who look nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just, one of the ones that did look like nothing. <laughs> like the you, original. Yeah, but you could. But yeah, I could pass. Um, pass. But there were some like, like there was this Justin Bieber who was a girl who was um, 16 years old. And she came, and this is at the time when in Chile, like, talking non-binary was still not happening. And so it was like a giant platform where all of these, like, middle, like, middle zones were coming out. It was beautiful. Like, Amy Winehouse was, was so androgynous and... This little Justin Bieber, who was super young, who was a girl, we all find out found out later, like into the show. She probably just looked um, like. Did she look like him? Just like right. Justin Bieber, yes. Yeah. Um, like Michael Jackson looked just like Michael Jackson. Um, That's he, impressive. He was my buddy. Like we were very very tight with Michael Jackson and also with Ricky Martin. Um, <laughs> but then, okay, so I did the audition. Um, and then a couple of days later, I got this phone call. I was painting in my studio, and the phone call, they said, Hey, Claudia, um, you passed. You're going to be one of the 36 characters on the reality TV show. Oh, my God. So you have to sign this document and liability, blah, blah, blah. So I signed it and then got into this TV show. Were you excited or were you nervous about it? Very nervous. Yeah. Very nervous. I had to train. I, I lost a lot of weight and I, I I had to like kind of train myself to sing like Britney. Um, Did you have to learn how to handle large snakes while dancing? Uh, yes. I had to <laughs> sing and dance at the same time, which was super difficult. Um, but yeah, so I I went, I passed and, and then... I went to quarterfinals, and then I was kicked out, and then I was cu- called back for repechaje, which mm-hmm. is like the people vote. Right. And then I lost against the Beatles, um, and no that one, was it. No one beats the Beatles. No one beats the Beatles. Also, like um, I was t- told to sing "Toxic," which is the h- best song in the world, but also the hardest song in the world. That's a good song. Yeah, so good. And the co- the co- the off- outfit was beautiful. Did you do the whole plane thing? Yeah, I mean, without the plane, but I right. did all the gestures, like yeah. turning around with the phone in my hand and et cetera, cleaning people's laps. Well, it's, it sounded like you 
you didn't have to study the the lyrics and the motions or anything. Not too much. Well, when did your love of Britney start? Um, that started when I was like Again? eleven. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. You grew it up just with turned, Britney. It just happened that she was happening when I was in yeah. puberty. So just like Titanic, all those things like right. Happens. Right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Right place. Stars align. Yeah, intense emotions <laughs> when you start feeling everything. That's well, that's when it started. Okay, well, let's go back. So in mm-hmm. Boston, mm-hmm. how long were you there before you left? Oh, um, Boston, nine years. Nine. Oh, mm-hmm. so you were there for a while. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that probably made the move hard because you were your roots were kind of. I, I nine's I was, a tough time to move. Yeah, I was pretty. I was. I really liked Boston um, as a child. Yeah. Wait, did your parents not speak Spanish to you? Um, yes, they did, but I, they did, but they spoke a lot of English yeah. because they wanted us to adapt. Right, right. And also, uh, I spend most of the time at school. Both of my parents work a lot. They were right. working a lot at the time. So at school and then with a babysitter, her name was Carol. So we would be picked up at 8 p.m. Yeah. at Carol's. Um, so yeah. you weren't using your, that's why the, the shock of... Like moving down, or not shock, but the adjustment was like, okay, full on Spanish full all the on, time. Full on Spanish and French because we get into a French school. So, did you study any French? Yes. Before? Oh, yeah. you did? We were doing math in French. Like, oh, no, I mean before you. Oh, started. no, before? No. Oh, jeez. So, it was two languages, um, as adapting to two new languages. Although, yeah. at least it's French and Spanish. Yeah. Not right. like, not like German Chinese or and yeah, Chinese. Also, yeah. I mean, like Mandarin and like, yeah. Or German. <laughs> Thai. Have you ever heard Thai? No. I mean, I've heard it, but I, I wouldn't mean, recognize it. Not easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's advantageous. I mean, Very I took good. French yes. for, I think I took French seven years mm-hmm. and never really used it. But uh-huh. when I hear Spanish, because I watch a lot of soccer yeah. oh, and I listen mm-hmm. to, you know, Telemundo or whatever, it's, mm-hmm. I can kind of pick up stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. there's some similarities. It is similar. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, last night I dreamed and dreamt in French. Oh, oh. Yeah, I don't know if that helps. was it. Was it a good dream? Uh, no, 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 no. Because well, well, Chile is going through a very hard political situation right now. But um, we can talk about that later. Right. <laughs> it's so terrible. But it'll be fine. It's all for good. Yeah. So, so at nine you went down. Now oh. in Boston, were you the kind of kid who liked to draw? Or did you have good art classes? Was creativity? Yes. Start yes. early on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And did mom and dad were they teaching or? Um, yeah, my father was teaching, yeah. and my mother was is uh, he he does health economics, mm-hmm. and then my mother is a, a occupational therapist. Okay. So they were both they're very they were professional young people. When did they come to the US? Um, like what to study? Just like five years College. before oh, okay. we were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I figure around Boston that maybe they're teaching. There's a lot of opportunity. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's a mm-hmm. very yes, yeah. They they were they were doing very well there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why did they move? Oh, they moved back to Chile because they they wanted a divorce, so it oh. was easier to be close to grandpa, grandma, and everybody, and like family support system and and better weather and right um, cheaper housing and all this. So and then I would imagine too you being nine. Yeah. Like there would be people to care for you. Like totally, there's, there's yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. transition there. Yes. And like people. Yes. Well, I'm sure that didn't sweeten the move. What? That environment, the family environment. Oh yeah. No, it didn't. It yeah. was hard. It was hard. It was very difficult. And I was feeling very emo at nine. I remember yeah. having, uh, being very sad or very melancholic or nostalgic. And 
and like, oh, this is unfair, but I'll fight through it. You know, like very right. um, stormy. Yeah. Um, I guess empowering in a way, or like you have to find that inner the, strength. Now, today, I feel very happy, or I feel like really close to that nine-year-old. Yeah. Like, you did a good job, you know? You um, got through that. Yeah. 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 Well, that's times, testing times, you know? They build your character and resolve, right? Totally, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and being the oldest um, children, child, yeah. you also just i don't know i think that you're a little bit more relentless or yeah you have to lead the way yeah oh you had so you had ki- uh siblings i had kids <laughs> yeah i had a brother and a sister yeah yeah were they close in age close in age yep so yeah. you were the leader yes leader my the brother my brother though he 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 wasn't big much of a talker he started talking at four and he's very very shy and uh-huh. introverted um so with him i was very protective yeah. Always like translating what he wanted to say. And yeah, big sis. We're close. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So how'd you make it work in Chile? Um, you just, oh, I just, yeah, I just adapted. Uh, two first years were difficult, but then I was good and adapted and had many friends, very social. And um, uh, I was in the arts, arts, you know, doing the sets for theater, singing at the events and I was in the chorus and doing the literary magazine. Um, And I was in the literary class, in French class. So um, I read a lot and, you know, had my friends from that class. Um, And then graduated, went to, uh, yeah, I mean, that's how it was. It wasn't, I I adapted quickly. And I think that's something that really marked me a lot to have to adapt and translate Right. My father is um, Jewish and my mother is Catholic. Uh-huh. So that's also like an exercise of translation in a way. So yeah. I think that all of the adaptations throughout the, my life mm-hmm. have been like have influenced my work in that way. Yeah, I can imagine. Like working through different mediums. Right. Um, seeing like proportions throughout like um, imageries, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah and even like taking years off and like doing a reality show or something like that takes (laughs) a certain amount of bravery in a way, or just, you know, kind of like flexibility, adaptability to a different situation. Yes. And a lot of uh, like patience and empathy and, and sort of like being humble and not breaking into that world too um, like hard or, uh, you know, I had to respect because all of these impersonators were real impersonators and I was just there like kind of like the rich girl from like art school doing an experiment for the art friends, you know? Right. They were like living the dream. They were living the dream. I was super nervous doing like a performance. So, and I don't know. Well, it's impressive that you made it as far as you made it too, considering (laughs) that there were some, probably some people who've put their blood, sweat and tears into that gig, you know, and have done it. That's pretty much what they do. Yes, yes. I would imagine in your teaching that all that experience too is very helpful. Yes, it's it's helpful to have all these backgrounds to talk to each student yeah. individually. Right. And to all of them as a group because also you kind of have to be performing when you're teaching. I mean, you of teach. Of course, yeah, it's performative. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to be able to stand up in front of a group of people Yes. and convey or deliver a message. Mm-hmm. And make sure that everybody's paying attention or everybody's getting, getting like compelled in some way or yeah. is understanding things. So, Aren't you amazed that there's so many people who speak in different situations, who speak in front of a group, mm-hmm. 
and <laughs> totally put no effort into the performative aspect of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're yeah. just like, oh, I'm just delivering this yeah, they look research at the paper or whatever. Yeah. Or look at their projection. Of course people are going to nod off. <laughs> yes. And, and I remember like going to lectures. I mean, still, going to talks is my favorite thing. I sit on the first row and like absorb it all in, like... Just give me all your information. I want yeah. to know your life. Uh, yeah, but what about? I mean, not the throw. This mm-hmm. is an artist, yeah. art related podcast. Do, but there's yeah. a lot of artists who give talks who are just like, oh my god. Yeah, just you uh, are putting everyone to sleep, and it, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's so self-contained and mm-hmm. boring, and mm-hmm. that's brutal. Yes, yeah, like with no branches. Like, no. just give me something to relate to, or right. just keep me above water. I know, it makes you wonder, because art really is about communicating, yeah, you know, and, yes. and like sharing this mm-hmm. ideas and through imagery or, yes. and like, if your work is so hermetic and you can't relate to people, you know. Yeah, like that's the job, that's the job, right? I think. I don't know. I think that's the value Maybe there are it. no rules. Maybe there are no rules. No, I mean, uh, there's not. But for talks, there are rules. Like, come on, keep me awake. Right, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the theater's dark. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's been a long day. Mm-hmm. Let's like you know throw a little bit of charisma in here to keep a yes. keep a pulse in the crowd. At least three people awake. So <laughs> you had that kind of experience to to help you with teaching. Well, anyway, so you you went to college there. How was college? How was painting? Mm. Co- college in Chile was awesome. Yeah. I I met um, my very best friends there. I mean, I, some of my very best friends there, um, and they we. We painted. I, I got very good, cl- very close to Jose Pedro mm-hmm. um, Godoy, who's an amazing painter. Um, Paz Ortusa, Felipe Moore, and um, well, and, and many more. Nicolas Olivares, um, Cristobal Sea, and Constanza Alarcón. I'm saying their names because they're amazing artists. Yeah. Um, and we were all very good friends, and we start. We were painting until six a.m. every day, waking right. up at nine a.m., like drinking hard, partying hard, and then. One day in the last year of undergrad, we, I wanted to leave home. So mm-hmm. we rented uh, this Victorian house downtown and we made it studio. So everybody had a studio and I had a studio and a room. That's cool. Like yeah. a communal studio, yeah. live workspace. It's called the Lion Studio and it still exists. It still exists? Yes. Nice. After 12 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I guess the landlord had to be okay with some paint getting <laughs> slopped <laughs> yes. around. We made it so nice. Yeah. It was totally... Oh, you, you, it was a fix-up. Yeah, yeah, we fixed it, and it's like an adobe, beautiful, with mold, and it hasn't fallen with the earthquake, so it's just beautiful house. Nice. We took care of it. Anyway, so that undergrad was cool. Um, what kind of work are you doing then? Like, Oh, I was making these very large, intense series of paintings, um, I made 500 paintings of a road trip, that of, of photos of a road trip that I did with those friends. Large scale? Um, no, they were all oh, okay. 12 by 8. I was going to say, that's a, lot of, <laughs> no, that's a lot of stretching. They're the same size as your painting. Which <laughs> one? 500. Yeah. <laughs> 500. And um, so so I painted all of, those paint, all of those photos from road trips. And I would make, and that was one series, but then I would make these big series, like kind of based on the Kuleshov effect. Like if you put two different images from two different contexts, one next to the other, you can create this different narrative. So I was painting from random photos on the internet, um, like this, I don't know, Barney sitting with some girls next to a beach Mm -hmm. and paint those and put them together like with two panels. And, but I was like painting like 10 
paintings a day. And that's after that, I got bored and I applied to grad school and to be on the Britney show. Yeah. Well, when you, and making those paintings, I imagine just a sheer number of them where you, you were working pretty loose. Yes. Expressive, just kind of knocking them out, right? Very loose, but at the same time, very photographic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But like five marks. And poof, 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 you yeah. Know? And, um, but yeah, but that eventually kind of burned out, but I made like, I don't know, 2,000 paintings in a year. Or, yeah. Like, that was very productive, and I was selling a lot. Um, I was going to say, were you showing at all while you were there? I was showing a fair amount, I, and but I was mostly selling. I got some uh, actors to commission many paintings of photos of their albums, of their family albums, and nice. they kind of spoke to each other, and I was, that's what, how I paid money. for, yeah. Yeah. That's how I paid for the trip to RISD. Nice. Mm-hmm. So whenever you, you took the break, the reality break, mm-hmm. then when that oh. ended. Yes. Oh, so the day I was kicked out of the show, when the Beatles won, uh, the next, that was the day that Osama bin Laden was killed. Oh, crazy. Yeah. That's just a side note. Random date. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget the date. Yeah. Um, because I was b- backstage when it happened. So it was like, what? Wait. The Beatles are winning and Osama died? What? Yeah. What's happening? It's a lot to process <laughs> yeah. in Britney and, and next day, I got accepted into RISD. I got this email from RISD saying, RISD. And that had to feel good. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, that, right after Britney, I, I was starting to pack my things and and disappear, too. Because, yeah. well, I was at the time I was being recognized on the subway. Like, hey, are you Britney? Like, so... Right. And Good time to get out. I broke up. I broke up with a boyfriend who didn't quite like that I was doing the Britney thing on TV. Um, yeah, massive it amount of change in a short period of time. Much, much change. But maybe that's good that you can just sort of make the exit there. Totally. Exit stage left. Like smoke bomb. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> Going to Providence. Yeah. So <laughs> did you? Was that your first time in Providence, or when you were in Boston, you would ever go there? Really. First time in Providence. And what year are we talking? Two thousand eleven. Okay. When I was 24 right. and moved to Providence and started grad school. At that point, I had forgotten all my English, really, after all that. Oh, yeah, you got to go all back. All that time in Chile. So I was mostly speaking in onomatopoeias. Like, yeah. Um, and anytime I had to crit a, a, a classmate, I, I would make just a bunch of sounds. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Did it come back quickly? Though? Like after six months. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. Like just the flipping a switch of language like that. Yes. And now I still forget the words. You had the foundation though, because nine years is, that's like the wiring is all done. Yes. The wiring was done. Yes. I just, uh, sometimes I blank out and go back to Spanish, especially when I'm nervous. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it's safer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like, do you think generally, do you just think in Spanish? Mm. You, uh, clearly, you dream in French. Because <laughs> sometimes you can I ask. I always like, dream in French. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so <laughs> yeah. I work in English, <laughs> and I think it's Spanish. <laughs> I no. curse in Spanish. I curse yeah, in Thai. I totally close. I, I, I curse in Spanish big time, yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. Because um, there are very funny cursings in Spanish, like "concha tu madre, puta culia." Oh my god! Can you know? I? I don't know what that is, but can I? Do I have to beep that out? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'm kidding. I, I want people to hear <laughs> all of the, the nuances in there. No, it's so funny because um, I guess from nine till when did you leave? How old were you when you left? 
Mm, back here? Yeah. Oh, 9 to 24. So, I mean, those are your, like, formative cursing word yeah, years. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the beauty of, like... Beauty, so the artistic yes. side of foul language was developed in Chile. Yes. So now <laughs> when I get mad at a car that is driving next to me, when I curse in English, it's so lame. Like, I say, oh, you right? are stupid. Why are you driving this, <laughs> this poorly? <laughs> it's got no, like, backing to it. No, it has to be in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, like, if, if there's ever you ever learn curse words in another language, it totally doesn't hold. No. Mm-mm. It doesn't mean it's it. It's not natural. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the feeling that really... It's The words are just placeholders. You yeah, know? you have to culturally grow with the, right. with the insults. Yeah, they've got to they've equal the amount of, like, stank that you feel inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it just doesn't work. <laughs> All right, so back in Providence, you learned, you relearned relearned English. English. Yes, relearned English. Was it hard at first in school to sort of connect with the professors and stuff? Very, like, because in Chile, you you kind of kiss and hug everybody. And and in the States, I had to kind of relearn also, like, all the cultural dynamics and professional school dynamics. Like, mm, I've... Constantly felt awkward for being so expressive. Yeah. Yeah. And like overly warm, like over loud. Yeah. Yeah. Even the music, I was listening to it too loud and I had to kind of level my levels of respect and everything. Yeah, that's kind of bogus. I think you should always be able to listen to loud music, but I know what you mean. Mm. That's why I forgot. Let's sidetrack real quick. Growing up, yes. did you listen to a lot of music? Many, yes. Much, yes. The house, like there was music in the house. Oh, yes. What are uh, we listening to? Oh, um, my family was all classical music. Really? Yeah, um, but I was uh, I was more like romantic radio, like mm-hmm. Latino duets. Yeah. Yeah. I used to scream those out. Yeah. What is there? Oh, God, it's embarrassing. Or like I, Luis Fonsi, you know? You know Luis yes, Fonsi? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Right. I followed him since he started. Like, I was going to his concerts and, and like, I touched his arm. Uh-huh. Like... Where is he from? Um. Oh, shit. I think from Colombia. Oh, oops. Somebody help me. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, there you caught me. See, like, I don't know much about Britney's life. I just <laughs> know all her music. And I don't know much about right. Luis Fonsi's, like, anything. No, no, yeah. you don't need to. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of music that I have no idea what... Yeah. Like, I don't know what Chilean, what the sort of popular music is in Chile. Um, if, well, now, what the, what the reggaeton, of, reggaeton, um, cumbias. Bachata? Bachata, too, a lot, yeah. I love mm-hmm. bachata. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you love bachata? I do. Oh, cool. I don't know anything about bachata, mm-hmm. except I, sometimes I'll listen to it, but that... You like Romeo that, Santos? <laughs> yeah, yes. I just love that. Bachatas are funny because it's about, uh, it's like always about a man kind of complaining or like longing. Yeah. So they're they're Desire. always sung in a, in a very high pitch, mm-hmm. always very long extended notes. Right. And it's such a, there's such a format to it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what I love about yes. reggaeton too. It's just yes. Yes. like every song has that core beat. So fascinating. And so yeah. much South American music is like that. I mean, you know, with samba, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you're just getting that, like that beat. It's the same yeah. every time. But there's so much art to that. Yes. And there's so much comfort in knowing how the structure will be. But then so much creativity within that um, skeleton. Well, that's related to dance, too, because. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of South American cultures are actually in touch with their bodies and in touch with music <laughs> and rhythm and, you know what I mean, yes. and that kind of sensuality of music. So totally. having that that beat mm-hmm. gives you the foundation of the dance, but then the expressiveness within that is really what makes it. Yeah. It's so interesting, like the mm-hmm. 
And I think that's why it connects so well to people. Yes. Yep. yep. As a music and the culture combined. Very, very. Again, agree. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's good. So wait, it was bachata, it was reggaeton. What um, else? Yeah, reggaeton and also like ballads, like L- Luis Miguel yeah. and um, you know Luis Miguel. He was mar- married to Mariah Carey for a long time. Um, I don't. I can't. I can't place the music. Um, well, he. Like, uh, and then, like, no culpes a la playa, no culpes a la noche, no culpes a la playa, it no culpes a la lluvia, <laughs> será que no me amas? Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll have to look it up. Well, anyway, um, just ba- ballads, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rosana, ella baila sola, um, Rake. Yeah. Yeah, Shakira, a lot of Shakira. She's so good. Yes. Remember that World Cup song was like massive. Oh yeah, I went to that um, World Cup actually in oh, Brazil. And no, wasn't that in? Oh, she did two. Oh, the Africa. The was, one in, I went, Africa was the one she, she did, did the soundtrack. Three. She yeah. did three. I went oh, to the Ber- Berlin Ramos. one. And she's with Sergio Ramos, so she's connected oh. connected to football yep. in a big way. But yeah, she those songs were like epic. Yes, I mean there are big songs in mm-hmm. you know the the music industry, and then there's those songs which are like because of. Football, like it's a yeah. huge, you know. Yes, and those songs are funny because they're designed to um, relate to all of the cultures, right. not only the gringa and the South American. Yeah, but they're also meant to relate, like they have Afro beats and yeah. they connect to, like they're um, more Oriental sometimes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, she's like those soccer songs. Well, that Africa one, that Waka Waka was like, you mm-hmm. know, there's like African chanting like it yeah. relates to the home of where the world cup is but obviously it's rooted in you know her yes and she's well. she's uh part arabic yes so she also has that influence right. yeah well i listened to a, a podcast called switched on pop i don't know if you know i've it. never heard it it's um the, nate sloan a musicologist and charlie harding um songwriter and they speak about all these nuances oh, no, in popular like culture that sounds good yeah yeah i've been fascinated with with sort of like Latin music for a long time. I took a class in grad school, mm-hmm. which involved like tracing African, the diaspora of like African people through the Caribbean, through mm-hmm. the like Louisiana and blues and, you know, it, and taking sort of Latin percussion and like, and Afro-Cuban jazz and like, oh, you know, it's just so interesting. Like how music moves and how it picks up things mm-hmm. and leaves certain things behind and then it migrates and it morphs into this new stuff. It's so mm-hmm. compelling. That's fascinating. And Well, in that, in that podcast, they speak about that, what, what you researched. That's amazing. Yeah, I got to listen to it. Beautiful. I'll send it to you. Yeah. So you grew up with that, with music. With music. It's yeah. a big mm-hmm. part of life. Big part of life. Still is. All day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so you're in Providence. You're in grad school. You're listening to Shakira really loud. <laughs> Your <laughs> yes. neighbors are like, all right, turn it down. Mm-hmm. And you're exuberant. Exuberant, loud, and also pretty awkward because at that point I was just coming out of the reality TV show and didn't know if I wanted to be a painter anymore. And I was yeah. a little bit like disembodied or disassembled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and, but you're in like a pressure cooker of an art situation with RISD. Yes, and I quite, I didn't quite know that RISD was that amazing, like that big of a deal. Like the it's the first time that I really was with all all of my professors were brilliant, brilliant and I like admired them. I did everything they said. Mm-hmm. They they would say like uh, why don't you try to experiment more with popular culture now that you were Britney and I would be like, "Okay, I'll go make some animations." Yeah. Um 
What you know? You came the crit dressed as. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. No, no, no. I am. That's when I I made all I I remade all of her videos. Yeah. Um, there in grad school, one semester. Um, but then I, I made other works too. I made many uh, claymations. I made paintings. I made uh, the series of trailers for movies that don't exist, mm-hmm. based on like genre experimentations yeah. and, and language switching and and that was my thesis and that was a happy ending to a very bad beginning the first year was uh like uh, they teacher like some professors told me like i don't know how to speak about your work and i don't think it's good i can't relate to it i got but but they were right in a way i was really all, all over, over the place, yeah. and I really got good feedback in the end. I mean, I'm just telling you, like, yeah. all over the place is kind I, of what you should be doing, though. Yeah, in a way. I loved RISD. Like, yeah. the, everybody there was very helpful. Well, you're still there too. Uh, yeah, no, I'm there, <laughs> back there. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you teach like one I, or two days a week, or like how often do you have to go? I mean, you're. I teach seniors on, on Mondays. Okay. Um, and I have an ind- two independent studies. Do you do like? Do you take the train or do you drive? Like, how do you do it? I drive. You drive. I like driving I'm a driver because too. I can listen to the Podcast. music. Oh, yes. I like podcasts and, and music. Yeah. 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 I love driving. Love driving. I don't get enough of it. Although 95 can be a bear. Um, 95 what? The the interstate can be tough. Oh, um, yeah. Um, sure. It's My okay. drive's a little more peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your drive is to Philly. No, it's like middle of Pennsylvania. Oh, So lovely. it's kind of like. Route 80. I mean, it's a lot of tractor mm-hmm. trailers or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's quiet when I go. Yeah, it's beautiful. But I love driving. You can. It's almost like meditating. Totally. It's like your time. It's like time to think about your work and yeah. what you, you said You can think about ideas. Somebody, you ideas. can listen to people talking. Mm-hmm. Look out for that deer. Okay, back to thinking yeah. about my work. <laughs> I saw a deer got killed the other day by a police in the it, middle of the road. It it's crazy. a bad time right now because I think it's their like mating season. Like they're oh. they're. They're rocking out before the cold, and it's bad. Oh, like, I right. drove back last night, and there were so many, like, just, like, right on the side of the highway. I'm like, they're not smart. Like, mm-hmm. don't stay away from the big metal things that make a lot of noise. That yeah. Are, and that are, they're just <laughs> hanging out right on the side eating. Oh, I know. Wow. Dear. Dear. So you drive up there? Um, yeah, I drive up there on Sunday nights, stay the night, prepare the class, continue, like, I don't know get ready and then on monday morning i do an independent study and then i um have a long class a five hour class with the seniors painters yeah five hours mm-hmm. that's no joke no joke and so we it's a great class coffee breaks in there uh, yes <laughs> yeah. two two coffee breaks that's important mm-hmm. and whoever wants to uh right, get cool. energy wherever they find it oh right, right. yeah whatever they want <laughs> uh, but yeah but two breaks and then i drive back at night on Monday. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I drive at two at nighttime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good gig. It's and then, gig. so you got your yes. studio here. I have my studio here that is in my room. So yeah. I live so in a basement. Did you, did you do mm-hmm. that right after school? Did you find a place that you're in now? Or did you have, did you move oh, around? I moved around because I, I went to four residencies. I, oh, wow. I, after RISD, I moved to New York. Yeah. Um, and, 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 yeah, I had a studio in New York for a while. Um, Angela Dufresne, yeah. she, she hooked me up with an amazing studio, and she, nice. she's been, like, so supportive throughout uh, until today. So she hooked me up with a great studio, and 
I had that. I was working at a restaurant and was living in Ridgewood. And then I got into Skohegan, left, came back, uh, did like a couple of months Socrates Sculpture Park thing. And mm-hmm. then I went to Bemis Center for Contemporary Arts. Oh, yeah. In Kansas City? In Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska, in Nebraska, Omaha. Nebraska. That's right. Yeah. And then I, I met my friend uh, Heather Hart and I lived with her and Jacoby Satterwhite for yeah. a year. And then I went to New Mexico for an entire year. Um, residency? To a residency called uh, Roswell Artist in Residence Program. Whoa. In that, Roswell? Yes, in the middle of the desert. Area 51? <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm yeah. working on a painting of Area 51. No, of course you are. That's the one of the gray ones I was talking about. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. I can't wait to see it. Boy, man, mining that iconography from around Area 51 is mm-hmm. hilarious. Some it's of the, hilarious. Like the alien and all this, but extraterrestrial highway. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. wild, isn't it? And the museum is so dated. And speaking of black and white, like all these big blown up, black and white um, documentation of crashes of ships and right yes beautiful meetings with aliens Mm -hmm. did you hear about that thing they did recently what thing there was like a kind of like a flash mob burning man style thing at at area 51 like some kid jokingly started a Facebook group and it was like we're gonna storm area 51 they can't stop all of us and then it was a joke, <laughs> but people started like signing up for it for real, mm-hmm. and they actually did it. Wow! Yeah, awesome. I wish oh, I was of there. Of course, they didn't get it. Like they immediately got kicked out and arrested or whatever. But yeah, well, because there are military bases there too, yeah. and so it's dangerous, right? And most of those things that people see that are um, unidentified objects are they're just military planes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. I love the lore, though. You know, yes, it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the quirkiness around it. It's so, like all of the imagery, all of the story, all of the um, the the plastic objects and yeah. the like the um, papier mache yeah. ships and yeah. People just souvenirs. Want, they want to believe mm-hmm. that like weird stuff is happening. You know, we saw we saw. Can I say this? It's maybe getting off track, but we saw my friends from the residency, uh-huh. Shannon, Kenny, Beverly, all of us. We that were there at the same time. We saw three floating objects in the sky. Uh-huh. We acknowledged it and we didn't know what it was, what they were. And then they disappeared. Boop, boop, boop. And we did all the guy, saw it. Did the guy with the giant head say hi? Yeah. <laughs> three of them. No, <laughs> they just disappeared. And, and we all saw it at the same time and we hadn't t- drunk or anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. So right. there There's, are things in the sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure they're flying things. right? <laughs> yeah. I see drones sometimes. I'm like, oh man, that's a, what? And then I'm like, oh yeah, it's just a drone. Totally. But okay. yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Yes. Oh my gosh, I amazing. I love that movie. And then Fire in the Sky. I Did you see that, that one? No. Oh my gosh, about Travis Walton, this guy that got abducted. And well, I met Travis Walton in real life. This, At Roswell? Yes. He gave a conference in Roswell oh my God. for the like UFO this, com, uh, convention. I'm sorry? I went, well, I was a costume judge for the costume contest of the UFO convention in Roswell. And I, and I got to meet Travis Walton in person and I went to his lecture. I didn't see that on your CV. <laughs> oh, I should have it. I should totally You should edit. have a section of... Mm, that's supernatural. Crazy. Man, you've lived a lot of life. <laughs> um, thanks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of... Uh, 
adventures. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. What a great residency. I didn't even know about this residency. It's amazing. They have a great stipend, a giant studio. It's called The Gift of Time. It, it, it's really the <laughs> it best. It is The Gift of Time. It's Sorry, really it's the best. Like, I, I couldn't think of a better time in my life. Oh, that's amazing. A lot of alone time, me and the fox, and the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That mm-hmm. sounds good. So did your work change while you were there? Uh, or what, you know, what were you... Yeah, I was working different um, freelance things online, and they give you a stipend there. Mm-hmm. And What about your painting? Like, what, I was what working on they? Titanic, um, oh, okay. my, my remake of Titanic that I started at Skowhegan. Well, there's a lead-in. There's a lead-in. Let's talk <laughs> about well, Skowhegan, before we talk about that, mm-hmm. was Skowhegan great for you? Yes. Isn't it great? Oh, right. You went too. Yeah. 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 yeah it was Which year were you in? 99. Wow, cool. Wow, you're old. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> wow, when I, I think that was Oops, I Did It Again year Is that the year? Yeah. Wow, you know the discography by date. That's yeah, impressive. I don't know the nationality of anybody, but yes, the discography. <laughs> anyway, but um, that's cool. You went there. Yeah. Did, was it great for you? Oh, my God. Mm. This is the best. Yes, Kohigan is something really magical. I mean, I had, like, in my year, mm-hmm. Byron Kim, who's the best human on the planet, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, Byron and John Waters and Tom oh Friedman and Suzanne McClellan and Howardina Pindell oh and at Polly Applebaum. What? And it was just Guillermo Cuica. Oh my God. It I was, know Guillermo. Cool. It was stacked. Wow. And then like the fellow classmates were like Dana Schutz and Getty wow. Saboni and Iona Brown and Gene Shin and wow. Donna Nelson. I mean, it was just. Wow. It was great you had a great year yeah well i did i did too it was amazing it was really cool um did you do you keep in touch with your friends from school yeah yeah Yeah, i mean not everyone not everyone but yeah totally yeah and it's funny because in grad school you know i think there's there's a handful of people still from my class who are here working Mm -hmm. but uh scowhegan way more of those people you know what Mm -hmm, i mean mm -hmm. like i'm i think i just have kept in touch and seen more stuff going on with those people yeah which is a smaller group but it's intense you know it's a small very tight community yeah Mm -hmm. it's such a great experience i mean but for Mm -hmm. me like i don't know this was pre-internet really right pre-internet as we know it yeah so it was such an amazing kind of like because you really felt separate i imagine now you could be on your phone and stuff yeah there's not much signal but you can i i i I, I best i bet that your time without any connection None. must have been totally magical and surreal, like being that disconnected and that connected to one certain group. Yeah, and my, I was in one of those studios that was way out in the cow pasture, like the oh. furthest one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reese or something? Oh, no, 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 no. Are they yeah. names? Oh, I don't even remember. Yeah, one in the cow, pa- cow pasture. Way yeah. out, yeah. And you at night, you would have to walk through the cow pasture. Like mm-hmm. It was... And... We went to see, I think it was after the first week, we went to see Blair Witch in the theaters. Oh, cool. Which scared the Beautiful. crap out of me. So appropriate. So, I mean, my studio opened up to woods. Mm-hmm. They just were endless, so yeah. it was beyond frightening. It was great. Yeah. How was your experience? Um, my, my, my studio was right in the middle, one of the... Like right next to the bathrooms, you know, yeah. like the largest studio, like so. near the sculpture yard. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, my experience at Skohegan was amazing because I had been accumulating um, the desire to work on this project, Titanic, for a year. I 
in your mind, like it was in your... It was brewing in my head for an entire year here in New York, the year that you get adapted when I moved to New York. Right. I was working at the restaurant like nine hours a day. And when the restaurant was slow, I was thinking about what I wanted to make next. And that's when I had the idea of remaking Titanic. And So this gave you the opportunity. Yes. So I got into Skohegan and it was like the heaven, like... Okay, now I'm starting. So I brought all of the materials that I knew I wanted to use to work on the project, and I just started remaking the first scene. Yeah, the first day that I arrived. Um, and then well, it's great that you went in with like, okay, I'm doing this. Yes. Also, when uh, yeah, like when I arrived there, my tooth broke for some reason. So it's bad timing. Very bad timing. So I kind of was working with a broken tooth until I could get a. Uh, uh, you know, dentist. So I was yeah. working a lot, very isolated. Right. But then I made my best friends there. Um, yeah. That we collaborate still, and we're, we see each other like every week. It's such a great network yeah. of people that you meet there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never really, I never did a lot of residencies ever. You know, but that was, I feel like that was my first, and I, it was kind of like, you know, how do you go up from there? Yeah, yeah, it's really spectacular. Although going to hang out with aliens. That's <laughs> yes. a close second. Yeah, yeah. I think that every residency has their own yeah, like perks, story yeah. and charms and and like it. How do you say this? Idiosyncrasy or something? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah mm. there. Yeah, it's. I'm just going was such a great opportunity. So, did you? You didn't finish it while you were there. You just started it. No, I just started it. I made six scenes while being at Skohegan, mm-hmm. one per week. Um, and was that all stop motion painting? N- no, I I I started m- making the first scene with, with um, animated like uh, handmade objects, mm-hmm. and then I made the second scene also with some sort of mechanical underwater experiments. Yeah. And then I got bored of that part, so I jumped to another section of the film. I jumped to um, the section where Rose is um, nude posing for Jack drawing yeah. her. So I jumped from handmade like toys to um, performance. Okay. Because for that scene, I, I posed as her and had everybody at Skohegan draw me. Right. Um, and filmed from the back and the front. So everybody was Jack. And then I jumped to the party scene. Mm-hmm. So that's when I collaborated with um, three of the filmmaker friends at Skohegan. Mm-hmm. And um, I broke down the scenes in three different cameras and I showed them what the camera movements were. They learned them. And then we, everybody at Skohegan, we did a party. And and with the same camera movements and the same characters, we kind of recreated. recreated it. it was it. like lip syncing to Titanic. But it's so convenient that you had film people there too. Yes. The, I mean, that's a nice super advantage. Like, great <laughs> way to use the community yeah. of Skohegan. And I'm sure it was fun for them too. To like, so fun. Yeah. And I made sure they all had drinks and, and they <laughs> had fun with the wigs right, and right. yeah. So it was a party. It was basically. a great time. Yeah. And guys, I'm just going to film this for my art, but don't worry about that. We're going to party. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was like that. And we had food and, and yes, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So when you finished that, did you come back and mm-hmm. say, okay, um, this is something, I mean, were you working on a lot of other things or did you, have you pretty much just, just Titanic and, and I was planning on how to continue when I moved to New York and then how to continue in Nebraska while I was at Skohegan. So when oh, you I, knew you were doing that while you were... Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has been a five-year-long project. I'm always thinking about it. Um, 
every day. Yeah. A little bit. Um, so I'm always like planning ahead two months to see what I'll do in the you and, and James Cameron are probably the two people who think about it every day. Yes. Maybe Leo. I doubt he does. No, I doubt he does. <laughs> but, um, yes, J- James Cameron. James Cameron is a very obsessive person, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So, when did, are you finished with it now? Are you still working on it? I have filmed all of the scenes, but I have not finished it. Because I'm still... Um, I'm trying to get in touch with Ellen DeGeneres so I can film a couple scenes with her because I think that would be funny. Mm-hmm. And not only funny, but it would kind of make sense for some parts of the film. So I've been writing her for two years. Um, I'm also, I want to have... Uh, I've had three uh, solo shows of Titanic, but I think that the fourth one, I would like to do like a performance and video installation, and that would be kind of the end product. Like the whole... The, the whole thing. The final realization, mm-hmm. and the the film is a combination of stop motion and also like acted out part. It's kind yes. of flows in and out of all these things. Yes, it's a collage. Yeah, it, and, and also changes languages too. Um, it's got like it feels like from what I've seen, mm-hmm. it's got kind of a little bit of a kind of lo-fi Wes Anderson vibe to it because of the sort mm-hmm. of DIY approach. Yes, which I'm sure is what you're going for. Totally. I mean, that's the whimsy mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. and I would imagine that that kind of that DIY kind of like almost like childlike invention of these things resonates with the fact that you saw that movie when you were younger and that's how it made you feel totally yeah yeah Yeah. and i saw that movie with my brother who i told you is very shy he's uh like very socially not connected so that was our way to connect so we would buy these um models of titanic um and like with six thousand pieces and we would build them and we would recite the lines of the film while building it so it was our little like game thing yeah it's the way you could kind of get close or be close or connect in that sense. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Mm. Very, very, it really comes from a child, like growing up or like coming of age yeah. moments. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that happens in so many different levels. I mean, think about, you know, for me, it was like punk rock, like growing up or like early old school rap music mm-hmm. was like really formative for me. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. I feel like in my life, I'm constantly going back to that or trying to reconnect to that whenever I feel like I need to reconnect with something Mm -hmm. from like a stage of development. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that time in your life when you're coming of age is such an important roadmap for the way that you live your life. And I think Mm -hmm. all the accoutrement of that time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. becomes really significant. And to other people, they're like, what is the big deal here? You know what I mean? Like if you're not from that era, you're just like, what's the big deal? Uh And then, but people, when you connect to them from that, Mm -hmm. who grew up in that environment or that cultural environment, Mm -hmm. you're like, Oh yeah, totally. I get that. Totally. And it's, that's the age that you're learning how to empathize and like how to do these like more complex, um, um, social skills and how to deal with your body that is changing and and so your memory is attaching to whatever is around, like to like understand and and so now like the relation that I have with my body, like with my uh, like you know my boobs, and is totally related to Kate Winslet's body, and it's just how it is, like yeah, not for, it's just how it happened, and right. yeah, that's how I relate to my body through 
Britney Spears's belly button and Kate Winslet's breasts. Yeah. And not that um, there's any gender or like image value in that. It's just how it is. Yeah, but I mean, and that's specific. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, there's so many mm-hmm. people as you're growing up, it's it's the images that you see that kind of shape, you know, like mm-hmm. whatever Teen Beat magazines mm-hmm. when I'm growing mm-hmm. up. Or, you know, like, mm-hmm. or for me, like on the dude side of it, mm-hmm. like, you know, as a young boy, like mm-hmm. skateboarding magazines and stuff like that, that like really shapes, you know, the aesthetic mm-hmm. and like how you feel about, you know. Totally, like even the design. I, I must imagine, yeah. like of those magazines, completely the, the, the fonts, posters on the wall, mm, stickers, the colors. I can see that in your work a lot. It's there, yeah. you know what I yeah. mean. And I think it's funny because I don't know how much. Well, I haven't done a lot of research, but I don't know how much that's been mined, as far as like the the psychology and the the, mm. the mm-hmm. phenomenon of mm-hmm. like reconnecting with visual aesthetics mm. of like your formative years and how that affects mm. your state down the line you know what let's, I mean? let's write let's write, write a, a paper about it yeah, yeah. a book and yes. a book yeah sure. yeah and you can design the font of the uh, it could be like a skate magazine sounds good and, the, and then like a britney cover we'll have a sticker sheet inside <laughs> that you can rip out like yeah. the centerfold totally <laughs> yeah amazing an unfoldable titanic right like a, yeah you know what else that reminds me too you i i don't know if you read this but i used to read mad magazine Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. my friend had that all the time. Mm-hmm. And that folding thing on the back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. always mesmerized me. Wow. And yes. I think there's just something like really funny and cool about like this image that becomes another image. And it, mm-hmm. it's humor. Mm-hmm. Like humor is, I love comedy. I love, oh, yeah. I love laughing. I love listening to comedians. It's such a huge part of my life, even though it doesn't manifest itself in what I do necessarily. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it does. Comedy it and really stand up comedy is like huge. And, mm-hmm. And like even earlier, like growing up, I used to watch Bugs Bunny and oh. Wiley Coyote and mm-hmm. Roadrunner and all those. And those are all very humorous. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's a certain aesthetic there, like that Chuck Jones aesthetic was yes. really important to me. Uh-huh. And that's still that's still there. It still resonates. So for me, like uh-huh. Bugs Bunny, it's like for you, it was Britney. Yep. Mm-hmm. For me, it was a smart ass rabbit. And other things too, <laughs> like Alien. Yeah. Like Ripley from Alien, and oh, like yeah. how wet her face was by the um, drool of the the creature, yeah. like things like you know, just the Fifth Element. So you're, yeah, but film was big for you. Big, yes. Because yeah. mm-hmm. even Britney, Britney isn't Britney without those music videos. Mm-hmm. Like for yes, you, it was the, the video, the visual yes. with the sound, definitely the videos. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and you've migrated the that formulas. into your work that's the, in your work too right because you yes. have a lot of video with sound too so yes. you found a way to incorporate it into your creative process yeah i, I like i like how I, I always liked to think about the coincidence between things like right. or how formulas overlap or how like pop structures work and mm-hmm. how they're perfectly designed and how they can compel it happens with taylor swift too like if if you put a taylor song over a taylor song there'll be almost like a similar pattern or a wave. Yeah. And with Britney songs, you can put them all one on top of the other and they'll sound like a perfect kind of harmonic. Right. They're also, they're almost programmatic in a way. Yes. So that's incredible to me. And her videos happen the same. They're always very centered. There's always the same amount of dancers. There's always the symmetry. There's always like this, a very distinct color palette and um, reflective elements in all of her videos mm-hmm. and like all of these lists of 
ingredients that I find compelling that they're repeating themselves so obviously all the time. Right. Mm. Well, I guess it's like, it's either the identity of the artist in a way, mm-hmm. or just something that seems like that popular music format of like, well, if it works, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're doing this. Yes. And we'll do just a slight yeah. movement. And also I, I'm very compelled by Brittany because how is she a person? Like in a way, like, um, like all the aliens stuff that I like, too i think that she's totally like she has like a body and she has kidneys and she she must have like um like maybe back pain or some like um i saw her scalp once you know when like, she shaved her head oh no 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 i saw it <laughs> i saw it then too <laughs> um but i looked at it very closely when i went to an x factor Show. Uh-huh. She was one of the judges, mm-hmm. so I was sitting right behind her and looking at her scalp, and uh, you know her hair would just show a little bit mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, and like inside, there's a brain, and <laughs> <laughs> true. And it's just um, so sad to and, and funny and yeah, just melodramatic to think that this is a real person, and she gets so much shit, and she got so much when she was. Um, Growing up, and um, I feel I I just like when I, when I'm working about her, it's not only about making fun of the like formula around mm-hmm. her. It's really I really care about it in a way. You know, it's both things. Yeah, there's something slightly tragic about like, yeah being forced in, or well, forced, but from a very early age being put into this under the microscope of popular culture, and then just mm-hmm. to be kind of like hit from all sides from that. Yeah. And then she just made some decisions out of that. Then I'm sure she just wasn't equipped to, to think outside of that, the spectra of mm-hmm. what she was. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, how do you navigate anything in the midst of that noise? I, I don't know. Well, um, when I was in Roswell, I, I saw that Brittany had an open call on Facebook that said, um, if you want to meet me, make a video for me. So, I, You're like, I have 50. Yeah, I have 50. <laughs> I'm going to combine them all, and I'll send it, and I'll win. So right. I sent it, and I won. And really? Mm-hmm. And I was flown to Vegas and met Brittany in person. Really? Yeah. And well, so, I guess you earned it. I mean, you put in the hours. Yeah, I put in the hours, <laughs> and I was like contacting all my friends from all different states. Vote for me! That's amazing. Yeah. So what was it like? So that was like the best and like a confirmation that um that she's like just a body or something like it was really short but uh i remember like everything in slow motion and it was great we looked in the eyes to i look into her eyes and then i touched her arm like mm, it was warm (laughs) <laughs> you're just checking yeah like, I was just checking if it was the same sort of research with that green guy from Roswell <laughs> like alright I'm just going to see if there's anything going on here yeah wait you're not a robot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep wow so. see I in asking I didn't know that the Britney thing went this deep it, it went I thought it was just like a little fun side thing no no it went deep it went deep it was many years since I yeah since 97 until now and that's that's a long look. Long look, yeah. Well, and it has a lot to do with idolization and, like, role model or, like, you know, fantasy and, mm-hmm. and projected, like, ideals mm-hmm. and all sorts of 
stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a complicated. And it's so just completely American in pop culture. Yes. It says mm-hmm. a lot about, you know, our value system and who we, I'm not trying to just Britney Spears. I'm just saying like, mm-hmm. you know, the process mm-hmm. of like our society. Yep. Yep. I have yeah. a hard time. Like mm-hmm. I was talking to, to my friend yesterday about being starstruck. And I told him that I, I've not, I never really feel starstruck. Oh. By, not that I've met a ton of famous people, but uh-huh. I don't think I really would feel that starstruck, but just maybe a couple musicians that I would really do. But mm-hmm. I feel like they're just, people are kind of just people, you know? Yes. Yes. I, ne- I, I never, I don't, or I don't think I would feel particularly like, Oh my God. Like if I met Steven Spielberg or something that mm. I would be like, Oh my God. Like, mm-hmm. of course I respect the work that he's done, but I think I'd be able to hold it together and have a conversation mm-hmm. and not fan out and just like, you know, be like, I get, get, you know, <laughs> you make movies. I love you. <laughs> You're a guy. Yeah. I, <laughs> Thank I, you. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I, I feel like I just, uh, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I think so many people have that, mm-hmm. The star fantasy thing of like, yes. oh my God, like if I met them, I would pass out, you know? Well, yeah, well, I kept it together when I met her, but when I exited that moment, I cried, I, I fell to the floor. Oh my I, God. I got on my knees and I could, I could cry right now. Like, it was so intense. To- and now, is that just because all the thought and... And like what you put into it or do you, or yeah, was it I was just exhausted. like, I just love this woman? No, no. I was just tired. Like, and it, yeah. and it went by so fast that I was kind of disappointed and also very filled with joy. And I couldn't believe the surreal thing of actually touching her, you know? And so I like fell on the floor. Like I got tired um, and was like, wow. Like I just like went back in time since I started liking her, then remaking all her videos in grad school, then being on, uh, I mean, being on TV as her and then making all these new videos to send her and then winning the thing. Like, was it a little bit of a letdown though, that you didn't sit there and have like an hour long conversation where able like, Oh, and this is what it mm-hmm. was it enough to just be like, Oh, hi, there you are. No, no. Uh, it wasn't a disappointment or anything. Yeah. I was just like too, so compelled. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, I don't know. I cried, 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 cried. Then, yeah, I blew my nose, and then I went and sat in the first row, and she was, like, singing Wormanizer. And oh, looked, that was the Doing voice? eye contact with me. No, this was in Vegas, in oh, her in Vegas, residency. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she did a whole thing. Yes. Um, so, yeah. That, uh, what were you talking Oh, fanning out, yeah. So, keeping it together, but yeah. I had that one moment. Of- so, what are we working on now? Um, Just as a side note, yes. I don't think I've ever talked about Britney Spears that long in my entire life. Oh, cool. I'm glad I, uh, I but I've uh, always, de-virginized your I've, brain. <laughs> no, I've always been interested in Britney. I mean, I, mm-hmm. like I said, that toxic, I think, is really good. Yep. I was never like a Britney hater. Mm-hmm. Well, great. I, I Thank you so, for not being a hater. I mean, but there, was, there were people yes. at that time period who were totally. like, this woman is destroying the fabric of our society, mm-hmm. which is a little extreme. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've been a fan um currently i am working on three different things um i will start the pioneer works residency in march and and then i will when i start in march i have some plans to continue working on titanic that involve uh, choreographies and um different new scenes that i want to uh add to the 
film. Mm-hmm. And um, I am working also on these painting animations of um, teenagers. The Fallen? Is it called yes. Fallen? Yeah. Yes, Fallen. Mm-hmm. It's an ongoing series of um, uh, based of, of, event, of painting animations based on uh, viral videos found online of teenagers um, that are totally wasted. Disturbing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I was just listening to, uh, you know, I read that Talking with Strangers with Malcolm Gladwell's new book, and he's talking about how um, so many of the sort of assault cases with young mm-hmm. people is related to alcohol. Oh, so, yeah. like, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff is so, seeing people out of their wits like that, it's like, totally. I mean, totally. it can, on the surface, you can mm-hmm. be like, that's funny, mm-hmm. but it's disturbing. Totally. I mean, many of my animations, more than half, end with a frame of a teenage woman with her um, butt cheeks exposed. Yeah, because of that, right? Like, um, yeah, I, I, that's a a huge part of it. Um, how vulnerable these bodies are, and how exposed to anything that it's, can. Yeah, it's yeah. such a problem. Mm-hmm. And they're so close to death too. I, I think I, I really like the near death experience of them, and the sublime of that, and the mm, and the quickness. Uh, yeah, the danger behind it. And right. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm make, I'm working on that series. I think that's um, um, a metaphor too for other things. Not mm-hmm. it's not just about teen, drunk teenagers yeah. and like rape. It's or right. like um, alcohol. It's like about um, like social media in general. Um, I'm very skeptical, very disappointed uh, sometimes about or most of the time about social media. I don't. I just don't like it. So in in the sense that you don't think it's particularly a good thing for, I, um, well, especially in politically. Yeah. Um, obviously there, it's great that social media makes all the information very transversal and helps everybody to even educate themselves. And like, but there's so much like, um, sensationalism and fake news and like, um, just ornamentation and like also a lot of humor and like creativity that kind of distort real reality that um, I don't I don't like it I don't trust it I feel uncomfortable and also well politically speaking I don't um, I just think that when people most people share a political thought on social media it's mostly to um, make their egos feel better right. or show up like specify their identity more than helping an issue, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like, this is not that I really think this about this. Everyone look, here's what I think. You know what I mean? It's it's more illustrative of an idea. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very selfish thing and I can't come to terms with it. So I, I think the series is about that. And yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry about the bummer. No, 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 no. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is what I'm working on. Yeah, um, no, and, and you know, teaching a lot, which takes a lot of time. Yeah, um, but but a lot of residency. You're moving around, and I guess mm-hmm. you're kind of okay with being nomadic. Yes, very okay with that. And um, although Pioneer Works is here in New York, New York yeah. So, but even moving your studio, you know, like yeah, moving I think the studio. Mm-hmm. I personally like working between places Mm because I feel like it gives me a new perspective. Mm -hmm. But I think that's an acquired 
sort of ability. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. a lot of times moving or being in different spaces can cause delay or paralysis in like the working, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you have to find the groove in it, I think, mm-hmm. which can be tricky. Yes. I I think that uh, adapting quickly, I, I'm, I'm good at that. And I'm also very hyper energy. Yeah. So I like to get start things fast. Um, and even though if the things are not good, I like to always be making things. And like I'll make 20 moves and one will be good and I'll keep that. And but so when I move to a new studio, I just start working immediately. Yeah. Instead of getting paralyzed, you know, or God, students slow. listen to that. I tell students all the time, you got to make, you got to make, you got to fail to mm-hmm. like get strong. You know, you got to make the clunkers to get better at things. Yeah. If you're so worried about mm-hmm. making a decision, you're just never going to get anything done. You're going to never make any headway. Totally. Yes. That those, that's, uh, that's like the best, I think, knowledge that when we could try to yeah. give them. Yeah. Right. Like, I want to be a marathon runner, but I'm afraid if I go down the block, I might get a cramp. I might or fall. what if I get lost on mile two? Mm-hmm. Or what if, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so it's like, all right, just stay at home and sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Right, eat a banana. <laughs> you yeah. got to go out there and do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you're not, you know, at a loss for doing a lot of different things. So it's 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 impressive. The amount of, and yeah. the, I, yeah. I'm really excited to see the Titanic thing in its final mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. iteration. Me and you, do you think that will be in New York that you'll show I, that I eventually? I want to. I showed it in a museum in Chile. I showed it in a museum in Roswell. Mm-hmm. Um, in both occasions, I had people from the communities acting in it. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to do the final... Um, show in New York and hometown home base right home base and in a big big show like yeah. big solo show interactive with many screens and but uh, as as long as I don't have a deadline for that I will keep on going right. till, till I yeah sometimes till I you need that that ending that target to yeah. like to know to know like what will the audience be what will the space look like um, so I'll just keep going and keeping on going on this project is good because it it only makes it better yeah. it only adds to the collage and um because social media or like we're so used to fast production of artwork right. that i think this work on its own kind of de- defies that or 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 is like reluctant to fin- be finished right. fast or something but it's almost like the best of both worlds because you're making so much work <laughs> but it is a long it's a marathon, it's not a, a marathon. sprint. It's a marathon, and it's hard, and it needs a lot of patience, and it's frustrating to not be able to show it yet. But, yeah. but at the same time, it's really um, pushing my creativity. Like It's teaching me how to like be patient and, yeah. and how to invent new ideas in it because I'm trying to not repeat any method of working. Right. So stop motion animation has like 40 different solutions there. You know. Do you do you think when you get that finish line and you hit that and you show it, mm-hmm. is it just going to next is Alien? <laughs> oh, next, yes. <laughs> no, I won't remake anything after that. Okay. Or who knows? But I won't remake a film that's a step away from that. That was the long project yeah, of yeah. a film, like the climax one, of that one and done. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Well. How can people like? What's the best way for them to find your work? Oh, um, I mean your website. Yes, my is website. It's my name, ClaudiaVitran.com. And, and you, you do, do uh-huh. social media. I do. I do have an Instagram. It's ClaudiaVitran. Yeah. At ClaudiaVitran. And I 
like I stay in touch with people. I follow back and everything and, and I love, but I don't like post all the time and I don't post like, um, a very consistent, like I post from all my bodies of work. I don't right. post only Titanic or yeah, like yeah. only Britney. So it's a dispersed, but you know, that's how I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. Well, so I'd love to yeah stay in touch with people who want to connect yes. these things. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for coming over. This was awesome. It was great to meet you. Yeah, thank you. So great to meet you. Thank you. Sound and Vision is recorded, produced, and edited by myself, Brian Alfred. You can find out more about the podcast at the website, soundandvisionpodcast.com. You can also leave a review or a rating on iTunes. It really helps the podcast. Also, thank you to Michael Lovett for the intro and Lullatone for the intro-outro music. Thanks to Claudia, and make sure to check out her work. Follow her on Instagram at her name. You can follow the podcast at Sound of Vision Podcast, and you can follow my work at Alfred Studio on Instagram or online at my website, brianalfred.net. Thanks to Golden Paints for their continued support of our podcast. They make the best acrylic, best oil paints out there. Make sure you stop by your local art store and get some golden paint. Thanks to all the listeners.